We all got a huge wake-up call in 2020 when we saw George Floyd being murdered by a police officer. Many of us might have thought that systemic racism wasn't real or that we had transcended it somehow through not seeing color. How have you reacted to that conversation since? Have you leaned in to the uncomfortable spaces within yourself? Are you exhausted by the conversation? Or are you still afraid to even have the conversation? Today's guest, Catrice Goddard, sheds light on this conversation from the perspective of a spiritual guide and mentor who is currently in an African-American woman's body. She says, what we think is racial, political upheaval and divide is really a call to consciousness, love, and healing for all. Join us to find out more. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll see you at our next tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a new understanding of ourselves and each other and help us to evolve on this timeline and in our current understanding. We are eternal beings and yet we are also in bodies. And so this is the dilemma, this is the paradox, this is the curiosity as to how can we merge these two understandings that we have within us into an evolved human, into the highest expression of what it means to be a human being. And I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I love these conversations. And I, I'm so particularly interested in conversations around divisiveness because I see this as an extension of the separation, the separation of the human being from the divine, as if they're two separate things and they can't coexist or they don't interact or it's just a crazy idea that that's a separate thing. And I see it pervasive, like all these divisive conversations that are out there in the world today, from you know the pandemic conversations to systemic racism to men and women fighting to, I mean, it's just all over the map these days. You just pick any topic and people are divisive. And so how can we come back into 
unity. You know, we all, many of us know we're on the path to unity. Well, where does unity come from? Does it come from bypassing all the differences? Does it come from avoiding the conversations? Does it come from leaning into the, I'm going to, you know, put a little emphasis on leaning into the conversations and listening to each other and finding out more about each other and having ourselves be expanded internally from listening to different perspectives. That's what I personally believe is the pathway. It's, it's to, to lean into the discomfort and actually have those conversations. And as many of you know, I was facilitating for about 10 months a conversation about this in the Evolutionary Business Council with amazing, brilliant speakers and leaders and learned so much myself, have been so expanded myself. And for me, the starting place was, I don't know nothing, so show me something because obviously I need to learn. And that stance of that hollow bone, that space of the hollow bone that I often go into with healings, that's the space I entered and I stayed in my own discomfort. I stayed in not having the answers, being a leader with no answers. That's an uncomfortable spot to be in. But that's also the power space. That's the place we can make the most impact because we're actually listening then instead of just putting our own projections out into the world. So that's the space in which I'm inviting you to this beautiful conversation with Catrice, who is just an amazing person, Catrice Goddard. Welcome, Catrice. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I saw you. I saw Catrice in another uh, speaking for another summit for some friends of mine that put it on, and I thought, now this is somebody I want to interview because of what you had to say. And you guys are all about to meet Catrice. She's a spiritual counselor, transformation coach, a published author and speaker in Los Angeles, California, and she's a native of Detroit, Michigan. She's the founder of the Transcendence Global Institute, an online community cultivating social transformation by providing personal and spiritual development, trauma healing, and wellness lifestyle resources. So she hosts inclusive conversations and initiatives focused on bridging the gap through raising consciousness in our global world. And she's got 15 years of leadership, spiritual studies, holistic health, emotional trauma healing, herbal medicine, and so much more. As you all know, you're on the path as well, and you know how much it takes for us to lift ourselves into a higher understanding. And um, for those of you who are listening and not um, watching, you might just be aware that I am white presenting, if you've never seen me, and Catrice is, is black presenting. And so, you know, that's our backgrounds. And Catrice is going to tell you a bit more. But I'm curious, Catrice, because I heard you speaking at my friend's summit. I can't remember the name of the summit. What was the summit called? Do you remember? <laughs> Does it matter? So many. I, yeah, I don't know that it matters, but it's what, where are we going now? What we need right now? Yeah, what we need right now. Yeah. And um, it was so powerful to hear you talk because I sensed in you an inner strength mm-hmm. and a conviction and a knowing of yourself primarily as a spiritual being having a conversation as a human. And, and that was so refreshing. And I just was like, okay, let's see what Catrice has to say. So how did you get started on this path? Like what, what was your impetus? What was your motivation for becoming a spiritual counselor and talking about transcendence and all the things you talk about diversity inclusion, you, you have this big unity conversation. Tell us your inspiration. Wonderful. Yes. So 
I think I'll start with saying consciousness is my jam. It's what I love. It's all I want to do. It's all I want to talk about. Just lights me up. And not to go through my entire like <laughs> path and story, but in short, my moment um, would have been when I was diagnosed with fibroids, like maybe 16 years ago. And they wanted to give me a hysterectomy and I was really young and I don't have children. And that started me on the journey of learning how to heal my body. And so from there, changing lifestyle, understanding that a lot of what I was putting in my body was creating this imbalance in my uterus and in my womb, I end up going, I, like I said, I was born and raised in Detroit and end up going to traditional naturopathic school, like an hour out in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And that's when everything started to shift for me. Going through that curriculum and understanding, you know, making that connection point that my choices are impacting my life, my reality. I'm not just waking up with fibroids or waking up with a headache or waking up and poverty, right? Even like all these things are malleable. All these things can be impacted with it from an engaged human being. And I understood at that time, I was like, oh, what I've been missing here is knowledge. Knowledge, not only of how to take care of myself, but knowledge of the self. And so that journey just really started to open up. And I I ended up reading books and going to workshops and of course, like all the things that we do. And I became ravenous about it. And what I always like to share with people is even though I was learning um, and coming into union with like teachers, for me, it felt like a remembrance. You know, I didn't have to take as many notes. I'm like, no, this makes sense. But I'm here to co-create that I have some level of influence and leverage in my life. And I'm not a victim of circumstance here on this earth plane. And that just just lit me up. And that light is still going. That fire is still going. And as the years has progressed, you know, being, like you said, very convicted in who I am as an infinite being, as we open up into 2020 and the the, um, onset of so much shadow that rose in 2020, it led me into a conversation around racism and consciousness and how do I share my perspective of first knowing who I truly am and choosing to incarnate as a Black woman. And what does all that mean, right? How can I, what's my my role in this dance? And I feel very wholeheartedly that it is about us knowing who we truly are before we move into these conversations, right? Because as soon as you did your introduction, you were like, okay, we're these spiritual beings and we're also human. And uh, how do we integrate this? How do we do that? And I feel like the racism conversation is so powerfully asking for this expansion, for this new conversation of going beyond the intellect, going beyond even the physical actions, because we've been in a cycle, right? Like, and I keep saying, like, I don't want to be here 10 years from now. Something else happens. And here we are again, shuffling to say, you're wrong. Stop doing this. This is still happening. So I've been deep in my own meditative space. Like what really shifts this is going to be the shift of consciousness within each individual. So I'll teach consciousness as anti-racism work, right? My response to racism, even for Black America, like, okay, how do we actually start to empower ourselves when we bring the light and the focus back to ourselves, right? That's number one, like build that foundation, build yourself, build community, 
build your legacy, and then let that spill out into your activism and into your action, into your conversations. But that's a deep journey. And that's that's the space I'm holding that I build within first before I move out and start trying to battle the world and tell the world, world you need to be different. If, you know, the most empowering place to be is to know you need to be different within yourself. So that's my message. I love that. Yeah. Being different within yourself, it really resonates with me because, of course, that's the spiritual journey that I teach, right? So as I got into this deep dive myself, this deep dive experience, and I, I knew I felt a passion for it. Uh, my whole life, I felt a passion for understanding people from different perspectives and actually seeing the beauty of that. Like, that was my experience. When I was maybe seven years old or six years old, my dad had this coworker, Mel, he brought on the boat. We had this, um, we had this sailboat and we used to go sailing on the weekends. And this time he brought Mel. And Mel had the most deeply rich chocolate skin I've ever seen. It glistened in the sun. It was like, I'd never seen somebody like that. I was like, wow, my gosh, like you're beautiful. And I was like, I had a crush, you know, on this man. And my, my parents were like, that's interesting. And I asked Mel, like, seen a black person or just this person in particular? I had I never I didn't see black people. I was 17 years old, like. Yeah. Like I had only seen, I had a friend in like second grade that I had seen that was, that was African-American, but I had not never, I think it just shocked me in a different way because he'd had his shirt off and everything and I could see his skin, you know, I mean, I'm like eight. Right. So I mean, whatever, but I, I was so impressed. And I, I told him, I said, Mel, do you think I could ever have a tan like yours? And he just burst into laughter. He's like, sweetheart, I don't think you're ever going to be as tan as me. <laughs> so I just had this idea that he was tan, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't know, I just, I guess not a lot of people think about it, but, but that moment provoked me to start thinking about it and to start noticing it because it was such a shocking moment for me. Like it was so, I was in such awe that for me, it set up across this lifeline noticing of different people like, oh, wow, different people have different colors in their skin. Like some people have blue and purple and, you know, and it's as an artist's eye. That's fascinating. So how do you bring people to this conversation? Because I know that I know that a lot of people who are white presenting are scared about this conversation. Uh, that's what I've noticed. You know, I try to invite people to this conversation and they're afraid of it. <laughs> I also noticed that there's sometimes there's people who are um, like African-American who don't want to have this conversation because they're like, I live this conversation. I'm not interested. And I've been trying to communicate something that you said, which is that I feel like this is you could take this spiritual conversation and totally apply that right here in this difficult racial multi-generational conversation that that spiritual dialogue applies. How do you how do you bring in? Yeah. And. I'm going to go as far as say you have to. And that's how convicted I am. Like I, you know, in the spiritual community, oh, I don't want to be on my soapbox. I'm on my soapbox. This is where we're going. This is what's required. This is why we are here. Um, We historically can look back at how far we've come without the spiritual evolution or bringing consciousness into the play or inviting people into this conversation of who are you beyond your mind and your body. Right. And to look at that, because that's where the separation starts. Right. To see yourself in someone else, to see yourself in an Indian person, black person, white person or whatever that is. You have to be sitting in the space to know that you are an infinite being 
housed in a body and that there is no difference, that everybody is a reflection of thyself, right? And when I look at that, I always say, okay, I present like, you know, to white people or all people really, it is a path to your own enlightenment because when you're scared to look at something, the way you are moving away from this conversation, you're also doing that in your own life, right? You can take how you respond to racism in that conversation and you will see that you are also showing up in that same way in other places in your own life. So when you start to come to a place within yourself where you're holding a field of compassion for self, compassion for others, transparency, walking in divine integrity, wanting to be in right relations with every human being, when you're at the gas station, when you're at Target, at work, in that honoring space, bringing humans to that level of consciousness automatically heals racism. Right. So I'm always like, okay, we're not asking you do this for Black America, do this for yourself. Someone asked me, how can I help you in your community? I said, raise your level of consciousness because it's unconsciousness that has gotten us here in the first place. Whenever I think about slavery and um, I have allowed myself to meditate and really feel into the hearts and the minds and the mentality that was held at those times in the psychotic nature of those humans at that time. You know, they didn't only have servants. They they killed uh, blood for sport, right? They did that and they would come in the home and still make love to their wives or eat food after they killed humans in the backyard. Like I think about the deep psychotic coldness, the disconnection, the unconsciousness. And I look at that, um, I don't say, oh, that's white people. I was like, oh, look at humanity. Look at all that pain. Look at that level of disconnection. And it makes me really feel very inspired and that my work is very powerful at this time because we don't look at it like that. We look back and say, oh, white people were mean and black people, you know, were enslaved. And that was no, there is a deep sickness within our humanity that we need to be looking at that is still within the threads of our collective. So that's our, all our collective work. And when we talk about unity, we have to talk about consciousness. We have to talk about how you're showing up every day, who you're being in the world and let that flow into the racism conversation, if that makes sense. It, to me, it feels like a very personal, powerful invitation and journey for every human being. And wait, this is coming through as we're saying this, like even for Black America, I think a lot of the freedom that I want to see in our culture is for us to move past the resentment. And that's such a big ask. I mean, it's a huge ask. It's like, because it, it's very difficult to continue to see injustice, to see the people averting their eyes, to see the system. You see all that. But when I look at it, I'm like, okay, in order to free yourself and create the life that you deserve and to walk through this world knowing that you have dominion over your life, you can be, do, and have whatever you desire, you have to clear your heart. You know, that's your work. And so in doing that, I look at it instead of saying, okay, this is what white people do or have done. I look at it as we have all been equally conditioned into the system of racism. And it's the the white people that are on the earth right now were not those people, but they were indoctrinated. They inherited that racism. And within that, I have a level of compassion and connection to say the same media and stereotypes that you were fed about Black America, I was fed them too. Even though I am not that, that I grew up in Detroit with a mother, like my journey is not what the TV has portrayed. So I have to unwind my own mind. I have to deprogram my 
yourself to say what it means to be a Black person or a Black woman. They told you that we're not for nothing, and they told us that too, <laughs> right? So there's a system, it's a systemic, psychic energy entity almost that has permeated all our fields. And with that, it feels like a unified walk together to unplug ourselves, to liberate ourselves, to come into a view of knowing I'm going to see you as a part of me. I'm going to see you as human. I'm going to see you as the, the individual that you're showing up as and start to deprogram myself. And Black and white people have to equally do that work, right? So we're not against each other. We're all, we all have fell prey to this system that at the root of that is all financial, right? It, it makes sense to have a lower class, to have a caste system. You know, it all comes back to the elite or who, I don't want to get into all that, but the elite, whoever's running this whole system, I believe the separation energy between us and the way the caste system is set up is all for financial gain and for power, ultimately. And so I'm breaking it down to that. Like, I don't want to talk about Tim at Walmart who is racist at all. Like, no, I want to go into the deep systems. You know, why is the Messiah white, you know, Christ? I'm just, you know, calling him. He's a big public figure and, you know, not depicted in his true skin tone, right? From the land that he was born in. And I look at that, I'm like, that's systemic racism. When Christ is white, that programs us all to think white is right. Would you kill black men in the streets if Christ was brown? You would not. That That's a very subtle brainwashing, just showing the, the depiction of Christ in another color. You're like, that's the deep kind of, and I just get very triggered around that level of deception on this planet. I'm like, you want to see me? Like, I, I see you. Like, I see why that is, why all these, these very um, subtle psychic um, brainwashing that creates separation and confusion. Even white people themselves, like they, who white America has been portrayed to be is not who they truly are. Like the avatar that is white America is not real. Like they also think, like, I feel like white people think they are this avatar that's not real, right? Because I have a whole lot of white friends, like, okay, who y'all really are, what y'all experience around drugs and molestation and child abuse, that isn't depicted. So you too don't even know who you are, right? <laughs> because it's, the system has set up this avatar of perfection and, and wealth and we're doing great. But I'm like, the white people I know are human and suffering and have mental illness and have has a lot of darkness in their family and a lot of secrets. It's a very hush culture, right? And so that's when we can talk about those things and say, oh, they depicted us as perfect and we can't even tell our pain. Like my sisters who are white, they cannot tell their pain, right? And so we have to be together to look at that. You know, we're asking white people, okay, stand up for us. They haven't stood up for themselves yet. There's so much pain, right? And I and I thank God because I look at my life when I, and how diverse it is. And I'm like, I was, I've been on this journey to have soul sisters who are white presenting and to be a black woman and to learn and be in these cultures so fully to be able to see that we're all the same. So I that's why with me, race, I'm like, people say all the time, you just say anything. I'm like, because I live this life. Right. Like I'm, I'm with white people every day. Like, you know, and I'm and I'm talking about these subjects. There's no pretending, you know, black people. So I can't be black in an all white space. I don't understand that concept. Right? <laughs> you just have to be in truth. And when you when you're in that place of I can't be white or I can't be black or I don't know what to say to black people, you know, in that moment you have separated yourself 
from the divine. That's when the separation, as soon as I identify, I'm Black, Carrie, like, what does it mean to come to you in an all-white dinner instead if I come in knowing that I am an infinite being, right? I am this, this consciousness in a body. I have everything in common with you. We'll talk for hours. Why? Because we all have dreams. We all have felt pain, disappointment. We all want to be loved and accepted. So we can, there's always somewhere to meet another human being, no matter how they look and where they're from. It is these identities, right? It's these identities that become distorted to make you think you can't walk up to a Black person and just be yourself or an Indian person or a person that speak in Arabic and see yourself. And we must do this work and we're actually going to find that level of liberation and deep personal fulfillment and actually heal this world. Oh, that was beautiful. So many points you just said resonate really strongly with me. I think that an image that always comes to me when I think about any kind of division is that the way that the system has it set up is like you're at opposing sides, right? So you've got one person here, one person here, and you're like fighting each other over this line in the sand in the middle or this concept or whatever it is. And I had this revelation a few years ago where it's like, if you just like take yourself and put yourself on the same side and then look at the problem together, Mm -hmm. it gets a whole different energetic. But the only way you can move yourself and only one person has to move themselves, the other person doesn't have to, but the one person that moves, the only way that person can move themselves is if they're not attached to their identity. So like, that's what you were talking about is like, you have to be at this understanding of yourself as a divine being having a temporary incarnation. And I would add in earth school to learn a specific set of lessons, which you are obviously capable of learning because you wouldn't have been given this assignment if you weren't able to do it because the universe isn't like that. It's not like you, let's, let's set you up to fail. You know? It's more like, let's set you up to stretch. Like you're going to stretch. It's not like comfortable. You're going to have to lean into it. But that awareness of yourself as a divine being having a temporary experience is what allows you to shift yourself to be standing with the other person. Like, let's stand together and look at this thing. And if we work together, we can dismantle this thing. But if we stand separate, you know, it's like, how many, how many great gurus do we need to tell us that throughout yeah. all of time, that it's all about standing together? And it's like, almost like I wish Jesus was rainbow colored. I mean, if the... <laughs> I wish this man was not even, it was an androgynous rainbow colored being instead of like a man or a woman or this or that, or that belief or that. Cause, because then I think it would be so much more powerful and true that everybody could see themselves in this person, because that's more the truth, isn't it? That we're all divine like that. And he was only pointing the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that kind of gets into that, that other oppressive system, which is religion. So, which is another podcast topic, but with that, because maybe he didn't have to be depicted in the way of this all, you know, let's say whatever, I don't want to, you know, get into that, but it, it basically is, it's interesting when you say that, like, okay, so if let's say Jesus was depicted as he is, which is, is a darker skinned man in the flesh when he was here. And how do you, as a, a white person, get to see yourself? in that person, because this is a powerful conversation, because as Black people, we've had to see ourselves 
in white America. We've had to see commercials and think, oh, I can eat that cereal too, although nobody that looks like me is eating it, but I can go to that dealership or I can go to that event and never see ourselves presented. So we, we've had to stretch and see ourselves. And, and on a conscious level, I like that. On the second you know, level, it's like, okay, it's complete injustice and you know we're not represented. And that's that whole conversation. But there's a level of freedom and being able to see a brown man and see yourself, to see a white businessman for me and see myself, to see an Asian figure sk- skater and say, oh, I can do that too, right? That's what transcendence is, right? And people say all the time, like you live a very like free life. I'm like, because I don't manage my blackness. I'm waking up every day. I'm seeing myself in everybody. So the world is huge to me. There is no limits to what I don't need to see me in a certain place in order for me to show up there. Right. So seeing ourselves in people who do not look like us is the transcendent route. Right. And it, and it heals us. So you see somebody dancing and their age, whatever you look like, oh, that's me. Right. That's and that's not far fetched. I feel like it's going into 2022. This is the conversation, right? That other conversation, the limitation of I am not that or these I cannot see myself in other people for me feels like such deep restraint on my being. My being just wants to be free. I don't want to wake up and say, where are my people? Where do I belong? It's my earth. I learned everybody is my people. That's what I want. Right. That's my exactly. Everybody's my people. And honestly, like how many when you get to this level of understanding, Catrice, like, okay, this is one lifetime I'm having of many. And then you start to have past life memories and things like that. It's like, oh, man, I've this is why um, all the mantras from India are familiar with me because I've lived how many lifetimes in India? Okay. Like how many lifetimes have I lived as a Native American? How many lifetimes have I lived in Africa? Like all of this is part of my soul being's experience. How many times have you been black? How many times have I been black? You know, and I I don't know the answer to all those questions, but a ton, because a lot of things are very familiar. It's like, oh, I know that one. So it's, it's like the familiarity. I trust that. Like you were saying, the remembrance. I really learned to trust that sense of familiarity. And maybe that's what it was like. Maybe I, you know, I do know in this lifetime that my husband now, who's my soul partner, is African-American and beautiful. So maybe, maybe back there, Mel was just waking me up to remember, hey, this is what you're looking for. You're looking for not me, but him. But I'll give you like an inspiration to start your journey because you guys are going to do big work in the world. It's like, okay, so these things get kicked off because of what? Because of something you remember that you love. Like I, I saw this man and I was in love. Wow. That's the space I was in. Wow. Wow. You manifested that, huh? <laughs> I, I needed to be set on the right path. Yeah. And but something like you said, remembered. And, and I feel that with other cultures as well. There's a lot in Asian cultures. I'm like, why? I'm like learning Mandarin Chinese and Chinese medicine. And ah, no, but you know, you know that you remember it, right? It's it's other lifetimes bleeding through, and you know, it just brings us back to the transcendent conversation of us not being separate. <laughs> you We're know, not we separate. All, we've all played the oppressor, the oppressed. Like there's a bigger conversation, and those bigger conversations to me frees you. It frees you to do powerful work and to walk through the world with an open heart. And with a lot of truth and clarity and being able to connect with people beyond the mundane, no, I don't want to call it mundane, but just the identity and the intellect is just a limited faculties. That's just true. Yeah, that's limited to this life. It's like this tiny slice of experience. 
But if you open up to yourself, like your actual self, like you're talking about, like opening up to that transcendent self, opening up to that soul self that's had many lifetimes, lots of experiences, and you bring that awareness to bear in this tiny little existence, yes. how powerful can you be? You're actually here to solve. You're here to, I think of some of us as like, those of us who are awake to that is like, we're here to reprogram things. We're like, oh, let's reprogram that. Oh, let's, oh, let's, we're nudge that this way, that way. We're going to change the script. We're not, we're not going to do this human drama anymore. Like we're done with that part. (laughs) Yes. Moving on. We already had thousands of years and lots of experiment experience and like perpetrator perpetrated. We're kind of done with that conversation. Why are we still doing that? Yes. And that's why um, for me, like I've been saying lately, like, we're transcending racism and people are like, what does that even mean? And it's, it's kind of what you're saying is being all of ourselves to me. I feel that is the, that's the potency. That's the healing. Like I can't change what you think, what you choose and what you do. So if a person is just is super racist, I cannot change that. Like that's, I just can't do that, but I can change how I view that person. I can change my own choices and my, how I feel about my own identity. And that is where my freedom lies. And that's all I need to change, right? And it's what I have control over. And when you do that, you find that your life starts to go beyond all that unconscious energy, right? And you start to permeate the field, right? Where you are bringing in that new, like you said, that new conversation, that new way of being into the collective. And I believe wholeheartedly in that. There's no way to get around this micro work that starts on an individual level to impact our global world, right? In this time, we're like, okay, let's do this initiative. Let's police people to do better. And I'm like, these people are going to do better while you're watching them. Because if they're not actually shifting at a conscious level, that energy of who they be will always come back up to the surface. And something else I think is really important when we talk about racism and people that are racist or overt racist, because there are definitely different degrees of it. I always, I'm like very clear when I look at that, knowing that that person, like if you see somebody like committing a really heinous act, that's also not a great father and not a great husband. Like you don't just turn racist all of a sudden and all this hate is coming out of you, right? You are being that in your communities with your wife. There's no, I, that is a hundred percent true. You don't turn off like that. You do one thing, it's how you do another thing. So that's why it's, a bigger conversation and it's a level of invitation for healing because these are people in our lives. If someone is at that level in your life, that is also hurting people in other ways and ultimately miserable with it. Right. Yeah. And sending them more hate, isn't going to make them change. No. So it's kind of like, I often think of the quote from Rumi, you know, I am not a drop in the ocean, I'm the entire ocean in a drop. And so when I see that out there, the things I'm judging, I do my best to bring it in to say, okay, that has also been me. If I've had all these lifetimes, at some point I was like this soul in this moment, having this lesson of hate and the lesson of what happens, you know, hate begets hate. That's a terrible, hard lesson. And I have to bring that back into myself and say, Carrie, you've had that lesson. Otherwise you wouldn't be here right now, standing where you're standing. Mm-hmm. in an understanding of that. How could you understand it if you hadn't learned the lesson by slogging through it on earth? So I yeah. feel like compassion comes from that place of say, that is also me because I'm part of this oneness that this person is just demonstrating to me that aspect, right? And I can have some more compassion. I've, I've started, 
you know, I get triggered by people just like anybody else. And somebody will do something, it'll piss me off. And I might speak to how pissed off I am about it for a little bit, you know, to express. And then I'm like, okay, Carrie, it's time to do the real work. And then I will get out. I, I blow tobacco prayers. So I will just get out my tobacco, pray into it. I'm, you know, I'm sending blessings to this person. I send love to this person. I send compassion to this person. I send compassion to myself to understand this person. Like mm-hmm. I will just, and I will just blow the prayers out there and on myself. And eventually through this process, some little insight will come and I'll soften my heart and I'll realize something that actually helps me genuinely care and connect with this person. And I feel like that's in some bigger way and whatever way that anyone listening is doing that work. I feel like that's what we're here to do. Catrice is like, is really drop in and with those uncomfortable things and open ourselves through it. Like you were saying, like, this is the biggest self-empowerment, self-evolution process we could possibly hope for. Absolutely. Who doesn't want it? I know. Bring it. I'm like, I will not live at the hymns of the unconscious energy of racism on this planet. You will not make me hide. You will not make me hate. You will not have me separate. You will not take my joy and my love. Like I came here for this, to transmute that energy. Right. And so I just got chills as I said. That. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. this is also the quantum field. So, like, this is how mm-hmm. we demonstrate magic, Catrice. So, talk about mm-hmm. that because I, I've talked about this before on the podcast about how we're living in a quantum universe. So, yes, you, yes. you receive and you think what you are being inside at the fullness of your being, not what you just think you are. Talk yes. about that in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That and wait, I want to, because you said so much in my prayers when you were talking about like, okay, I feel triggered. And then I, you come into this uh, conscious awareness that, you know, you've had this experience and you move through your prayer. And I just kept hearing like you set yourself free, mm-hmm. right? Where you bring, and that's really to me, anti-racism is set yourself free. People think Black America is asking them for something, to do something. What we're asking, what the culture is asking, is for you to be in right relations with yourself and with every human being. That is what we're asking, right? Be in right, be you be in the highest alignment with yourself and that automatically moves you into a space where you are speaking and engaging with Black America in a way that is honorable and holy. And that is what it should be, right? For every human being, walk softly, upon this earth. Oh, sister. (laughs) Yeah. And this is what Martin Luther King was teaching in all those love and action marches was show up with love in your heart. And if today you can't do it, that's okay. Mm. It's not your space to show up today. Like we all have those days, right? So for any, any person who's listening, who's, who's black presenting and you're feeling exhaustion, I can relate only like this much because of the whole last 10 months. This is a deep, heavy subject and it is hard to hold. And it is the the grist for our diamonds. Like what you're saying, Catrice, like this, this shit will crack your heart wide open. Okay. So if you engage in this, I mean, all my thought leaders who watch my broadcast and who think this isn't your conversation, I just got to say, if it's not your conversation, I don't know how you're an evolutionary leader because this is the evolution that's happening. Yeah. This is I, it right here. I agree with you on that piece. <laughs> I, I think about um, the spiritual community as well. And it kind of ties in something else you were sharing where, you know, I definitely want people to be free sovereign beings and choose what they want to engage in 
and not, but it it does, it has come to my awareness. I'm like, okay, if we're shamans and priestesses and this is an unconscious energy in the field that if you're, like you said, white presenting, using your word with that is, this is your work automatically, right? Because you and your skin has like brought you to this medicine, right? So like, right, because we, we're not, you're not Indian and I'm not from Bangladesh, right? So we have come into this conversation intentionally on purpose we incarnated for this medicine you know and so when i look at the spiritual community and i'm like okay right you know we're on here to raise the collective consciousness this is also a big part of that conversation so it's interesting and i thought about bypassing when you said uh, we're talking about the compassion piece and seeing people do things and and ultimately not like condemning people but it is important and I know you all, you're very, I felt your energy through one of our um, last conversation about not bypassing is having that compassion, freeing ourselves, right, from resentment and, and getting those hooks of hate, but also holding people accountable. So it's a mm-hmm. fierce walk too. Like, yes, I'm, um, I'm in the frequency of transcendence and unity, but I'm also calling people to righteousness and truth right, of what it means to be a being on this planet at this time. So I can like take that hook out of my heart and not condemn you as a human, see your unconsciousness, but also see how you're choosing to show up as a personality, as a body at this time. And there's consequences if you're not, right? You know, we're hurting people. There's a consequence to that. So that's where the bypassing energy, yeah, you want to talk about being a conscious being, but you also want to hold people to the highest integrity and to accountability. That's what leaders are too. And that's what any human, we all have, every human being needs to be self-accountable, right? <laughs> to do the Yeah, right. and if you can't be, if you can't, let, okay, I often say this to people too. You're leading other people. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting by the pool and that's your space, then you can only help people that are going like in the pool. If you want to help people in the ocean, then you got to be able to go to the ocean. If you can't bring yourself to your own ocean and you just want to sit by the pool with your daiquiris and your selfies and like, I'm a spiritual coach, <laughs> no judgment. Well, right. a little bit of judgment, but you, you can't, yeah, admitting it, but you can't go to, you can't help people who are drowning out there in the real stuff, like real stuff. And right now we're all in the real stuff. Like we're experiencing what needs to be transmuted from our ancestral lines, right? That's a huge part of this. It's in our DNA. We know about epigenetics. So we know that in order for us to be free, we've got to in some way heal our ancestors, whatever didn't get resolved. So like, that's a big job. And if you're not willing to have this conversation, how are you going to be part of the actual shift into unity? It's it's not just pretty words, you know? And I feel like sometimes people are doing their best and I acknowledge that and I I desire, I deeply, I'll just state my desire. My deep desire is that everybody venture into the ocean and do like deep ancestral embodied work to bring about unity, like authentic unity, not just like pretty words on a, on a nice little picture. I want like authentic, gritty, deep unity where we all go through, we, we, we go through all of it and come out the other side as diamonds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really beautiful too. And it's a call to your own journey, really, right? Like you say, go to the ocean means that an individual has to make a decision to go in that deeper internal 
journey. And like you said, not everybody is there and, and that's fine. Like, you know, like we'll have the ones that show up for it, but I feel your desire for seeing people like really step into the spiritual work, right. And actually really embody it and really look at it as an opportunity. And that's also something like with racism, I, I really want to articulate it in a way where it doesn't feel like I have to, but it's a want to. You know, I know for me as a being, I want to contribute. I want to be the best. I want to give. I, I, that lights me up to be honorable in life, to share, to heal, to touch. I want people to want to do that. Like you get to look at this. We get to clear this for our ancestors. Like we get to be and have this knowledge, right? Just think about Dr. King. I think about him a lot lately. Sometimes I even feel like my face kind of looks like him, which I've never thought I'm like, what is that? But it's the energy. I was like, he was of another level of consciousness. People think he was just like, oh, non-violence, but he was receiving codes and cues and um, information that I'm very much, you are very much aware of now. And now that we are going into 2022 on this planet, we have the power and the knowledge, right, to really create sustainable change. Not the change that looks like initiatives, not the change that looks like we're trying, but the change that's actually at a root level transforming and healing humanity. That we, I mean, that's, this is an honor. It's not always said as a Black woman, like with everything that we have experienced, I'm like, this is an honor to be Black at this time on the planet. I full-heartedly take responsibility for this choice. And that I know, and I say this to Black America, because sometimes I'll be honest, this is really being transparent, is that, and I think I speak, I speak for the culture. Sometimes you do wake up and be like, what the fuck is this? Like, why is this? Right? Why is this? I remember learning about racism in fourth grade. It was the most confusing Thing because you just wake up as a person. I said all the time, well, I'm just a person. I don't know why, you know, having dark skin is like this avatar, this big thing and this trigger for people. And it makes people run and hide and angry. And, and some people are in like, want to eat it and devour it. And still it's like, so, and you're like, I'm just a person. So meaning you just want to be free. Right. And it's just so interesting to be in that space. And I look at it, I, I've thought about it. I'm like, I work here for people that are Black in this incarnation is definitely to transmute, to actually be leaders. And I'm not saying leaders like Tony Robbins leaders. I mean, but show the world how to love. Show the world how to transform darkness. Take all that hate and move it through our heart and literally create gold to be alchemists. That's what I feel being what I call us children of the sun. We're here to teach. We're not here to resent and reflect oppression and the hate that has been bestowed upon us. We're here to lead. And I say lead because if we do not lead, we reflect and we re react and we like just give back what we've been given. Oh, you did that. I'm going to do that back. You did that. I'm going to come back in defense. But when you come into a space of leadership within yourself, that personal leadership, then you know you've come here to transmute darkness into love. It's a high freaking position. That's royalty there, right? To know, to stand there, anybody that's holding a, a field of love, like the Christ, right? I always say that Christ walk on the earth 
for me was more than being a savior. I don't necessarily align with that as much as he had. He was a mentor for me to show me what it means to have a body, to have flesh, to have emotions, to have feelings, and to have the consciousness of God within and to work, walk on this planet with people hating and hurting you and stay connected to that consciousness. He showed what it means to be a consciousness in a body and to stay so convicted. I say all the time, like Christ is gangster. Like he was convicted <laughs> by his truth. He was, he like, just could imagine the Romans, they're after him. He's like, I just got a message and I'm just gonna love it. Y'all not taking me away from that. I'll tell you that right now, right? And that's what he showed me. And he showed me like, Catrice, that is you. I pass the baton to you and everyone else that is listening, that you can walk upon this earth and know who you are and hold that consciousness of the Christ consciousness of that unconditional love and be amongst darkness on this earth without letting that transmute who you are and like bring you down into that energy. And I say, I hope I I take, I, I accept that mission. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I feel the power of that. And that's often what I've seen in people of color, you know, as I've seen that strength Mm. And that conviction and that willingness to meet life in sometimes less than awesome circumstances. And that's what I've, I think underlying, that's what I've admired the most. You know, anytime I would date somebody who was African-American, they would say, why are you, why are you liking black men? You know, what's going on with that? And my answer was, I like your strength. You're so much stronger than I am in this moment. And I like that. And I want to learn, like, I want to be strong too. And I had this, you mentioned it before, but a lot of times I notice also in white culture, white presenting culture, it's like this like um, insecurity, like it's like deep, deep insecurity and fear of ourselves even, or of speaking up or like this whole polite culture, like don't say that because you have to be polite and you don't want to ruffle any feathers and don't rock the boat. And and I see it primarily in women because I feel like, white women have been very conditioned to be pretty and silent. And that is something that I, I have a very strong mom who wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> so I really didn't like it because it's uncomfortable. She pushed me out of places that I wanted to nestle in and just be, be pretty and be taken care of. Right. And I had to break through that to speak. And so for me, this work and having conversations with people like Catrice, like yourself, this helps me to confront that and that place that is cultural that I got the, you know, that I was programmed by to say no to that. But it doesn't have to be like angry either. Like I see a lot of women going the opposite way and being like angry white women. And I'm like, we don't (laughs) need to be angry. It's not about being angry. There's like a middle point. There's like just, and I think you're capturing it in your whole way of being today, Catrice. It's like, for me, it feels good to be centered in my own heart And knowing I'm here to lead and having my heart wide open, as open as I can get it, and also speaking truth, which is fierce love. Yes. Is fierce. Yes. And for all of you out there who get offended from me from time to time and quit my broadcast because I said something fierce that bothered you, I'm sorry. And I'm not, you know, like I'm here to be fierce. Yeah. Yeah. And the the triggers are real, right? They're opportunities. I love everything that you said so much. The part about white culture. Yes, this is something that I'm aware of. I have been saying, where's white America's healing? 
right? When even when you think about the dynamic between Black and White America, I'm like, is it poor woe is me Black America, or should it? Should we be feeling like that for White America? Isn't it the oppressors that you really have the issue here? Like you know, if you want to play on that thing, like someone said to me, like I'm so sorry, Catrice, I just really hate what's happening to you in your culture, and I said I hate what's happening to yours too. Right. Like there's there's nothing great about killing people in slave and what has the murder in the colonization that has been white America that requires some level of healing. And when you said that about the hush and the pretty culture, that is the work that needs to be done. It confront it starts there because I feel like there's a conversation where we're like, well, white women aren't really showing up for us or, or white people in general aren't showing up in the racism conversation. But I'm like, they are not showing up for themselves. Exactly. So how am I going to ask you to fight for me? Right. You know, and so that's why it has to start at a level of healing for white America. And I don't see that out there. I don't see that in the world where it's like, okay, look at where racism is triggering you as a white person and also look at where you feel muted, stifled, scared, not strong enough, not capable and begin to heal there, right? We're trying to take somebody who's disempowered in a sense, but looks perfect. I mean, the last thing you want to say is you feel sorry for a white person, the privileged people, privilege air quotes for people who don't see that because I, I don't I don't like the word. So it's like, okay, this privilege for you can't they need healing there's a mm-hmm. whole healing journey out there and it's it's really powerful hearing you say that because i've not met anyone else that's talking in that level of awareness for white culture and their own journey in this conversation it's not about giving money or initiatives to black people or like you know marketing putting black people in their marketing those are great things okay be inclusive and aware however the work is really within and there's a lot of trauma in white culture, but we just don't have time for it, right? Because we don't feel like it's important. That what's important is the on fire need of the injustice that's happening to Black America. But I feel like it all, in order to stop that injustice that is happening to Black America, you have to go to the root, and the root is is lying within white culture. You even said like, "Oh, I'm dating these men because I like your strength," or you seeing this in this culture. And it's a testament to where you are in your own consciousness that you see something or saw something and say, hey, I want that or I honor that. I'd like to be that where other people in another consciousness also seen that and decided that they fear that. Yeah, right. I decided I'm like, I want some of that strength too. You know, right. like I, I want to be able to speak my truth. I want to be able yeah. to show up in the face of want to kill that. Yeah. Right. That that has yeah. that's the energy. This, but that's because of where you are within yourself instead of seeing Black America as this threat, because that's the biggest issue is there's a threat. Right. It's like what happens if these people have economic status or their voice is heard or whatever that is that it, the survival of the fittest starts to come up. Right. People are like uncomfortable because we've been programmed into lack. We can all be wealthy. We can all be beautiful. We can all be happy. That's the lie of the illusion, right? But the truth is that we can, and we're being asked to evolve into that level of abundance and to see the strengths of other cultures and honor them instead of feeling threatened by them, 
right? And if you're threatened by Black America, you are also threatened by Sarah, your neighbor. You're also threatened at work. And so threatening that lack of, um, that dark consciousness, that unconsciousness within you is asking for your love. It's asking to be looked at. It's asking for you to evolve. It's that medicine is calling you, right? Yeah, and and engage. Like I see that you have actually, you have a Beyond Allyship uh, workshop also. So you teach this. So if people want to be allies, it's actually beyond being an ally because it's not about like help. You can't help anybody else till you help yourself, people. I I hope that that's clear by now. You guys have been listening to me for a while. (laughs) You cannot help anyone until you help yourself. And so pick a safe place to get grounded in this conversation which will strengthen you. I've just been through this for 10 months. So in another container, I can say that has been the most grounding experience for me. I feel so much stronger after having gone through that. And now I feel like I can have these conversations. I invited Catrice. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take my hands on it. I'm going to, I'm going to get out there and have this conversation. So do that, everybody. Like, seriously, I'm going to put the link. Is there anything else you want to tell people, Catrice? Because I mean, you're just you're fantastic. I hope this is not our only conversation. I want to keep going with you forever. So what do you want to share with people for now? I just want to share love with people and just to share with everyone that I see you. I see you as myself. And like you kept saying, Carrie, it's like so much within knowing that we have all played these roles before, right? And just having that deep level of connection and compassion. So I just want to send love to each individual holding everybody in the highest space of their highest self, knowing that we have all come together at this time to evolve together, to move through not only this conversation, but our own personal evolutionary journey. I trust, I trust. I know that racism will no longer be the big unconscious energy that has gone rapid on this planet. I believe that we are the ones that have been called to create a new world and a new reality, a new day. So I just thank you all for being here with me and thank so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I am so grateful for your existence. I'm grateful for your passion and your conviction and your medicine. Big medicine, Catrice. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. And please share this out, everybody. You know, I ask you every single time. I'm just going to ask you to please share this out. Share this out with anybody that comes to your mind share it on your social media. If you have an email list, share it on your email list. Please share this out. I really appreciate you doing that because this conversation needs to get out there. Thank you so much. And now we give kisses. You want to help me give kisses, Catrice? Yes. (laughs) We love you. And I'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. In honor, everyone. Bye. (laughs) Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar.
I'm so sorry, 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 I'm so